Today's sponsor of the SHI podcast is Carter Young. For those of you who may not know about Carter Young, which I can only assume you are brand new to student housing or you've been living under a dorm for the past 20 years, Carter Young is a debt recovery firm based in Georgia who has been specializing in debt recovery related to college students for over two decades. They even operate their call center out of Athens, Georgia, because they wanted to employ people who understand the student journey in order to give them a better chance of collecting from your student residents who end up owing you a balance after they move out. They also provide training programs to your on-site staff and review your operating methods to make sure everything is being done to prevent bad debt from happening. Now, how many debt recovery services do that? If you're not using Carter Young, I can guarantee you're leaving money on the table. Visit them at carter-young.com or follow the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Student Housing Insight Podcast, where we are putting you in touch with the people who bring student housing to life. I'm your host, Wesley Dees, and by the time you're hearing this, it is probably it's probably move-in day. It may be after move-in day, or it's getting really close to move-in day. Um, I hope all of you guys who are involved, uh, certainly on site and, and at a regional level, I hope you guys have had a great turn. I'm really interested in in finding out some of the stories I've been checking out on LinkedIn, a lot of other social media, you know, just some of the some of the stories, some of the antics, <laughs> some of the, you know, some of the some of the fun things, some of the really trying things um, that you guys have been going through through turn this year. And, you know, there's a great place to share that in order to, you know, not only kind of memorialize it for yourself and talk about the wins and talk about the things you've learned from, but also just to share it with with other folks who can learn from it as well. And that is the Student Housing Insight community. If you're not a member of the SHI community, make sure that you go uh, to our website at studenthousinginsight.com and go to the upper right-hand corner. You'll see a, a little login symbol. Go to that. If you're a member, obviously just put in your credentials and log on. Uh, if you're not, just click on the button for uh, for become a member and enter your information. And what you'll do once you get into Student Housing Insight community is it, it's a it's a platform for us in the industry and those serving the industry to to really you know talk about the things that we're going through, the things that we're learning, the things that you know the headlines that are happening right now uh, as it relates to the pandemic and schools starting back, schools not starting back, football not happening, all these different things. So I just highly encourage you to be a part of that. So not only can you meet with folks and have conversations with folks that are in the industry that we can learn from, uh, but also to you know stay up to date with some of the other things that are going on as well. We've got some really cool things that are going to be coming out this fall. So make sure that if you're not a member that you join up for that so you can get notifications about those things that are coming up. So move in day is here. Maybe for some of you, move in day has passed, uh, which now means it's it's time to start doing things with our with our community and planning events and and building that identity uh, that your property is going to have this year with this with this residence, and you know that is something that 
it's hard when there's not a pandemic happening. There's a lot of planning that goes into it, a lot of intentional fault that has to go into it. We're not talking about just pizza parties and you know breakfast on the go. Some of the things I've seen you guys do over the over the past couple of years have just really blown me away on how intentional and how incredibly detailed a lot of your community events and and programming has been and now we're doing that with a pandemic where we've got physical distancing that we're all dealing with as well as sanitation things just things like a simple pizza party now you know <laughs> how many people can you actually have in the clubhouse at one time how many people you know are you going to need to wear gloves and masks to hand out pizza it, you know it's just it's a lot and um seen a lot of great things that that some companies are doing uh, ACC had a big blast that they did on a partnership that they're doing with the with the makers of Lysol you know it doesn't really have a lot to do with community events but as far as setting up their their amenity spaces and how that's going to be uh, how that's going to be set up and what they're doing to really encourage students to take responsibility for for these actions. So, you know, now now we've got that element added to building community. And I, I really wanted to, to bring in some professionals that have got a lot of experience with it and that are that are thinking about this and they and this this interview actually happened it was actually part of our our webinar series of preparing for fall 2020 i saved this one because i wanted to to bring this out in the, in the podcast right at this time because i know that a lot of you guys are, are now really thinking about it even if you weren't thinking about it in june when we were uh, when we did this webinar and recorded this conversation. Hey, and so let me talk a little bit about our guests. Um, one, we've got Director of Resident Experience from Campus Advantage, Adam Yarber, which, you know, he's been on the podcast before. He spoke at um, one of our regional summits previously. So no stranger there. But he's been, you know, he, he pretty much leads everything at Campus Advantage when it comes to helping the properties with with the community experience. And, <laughs> thinking about having to to direct i can't remember the size of the portfolio at campus advantage now but a huge national portfolio and not just having to deal with hey here's kind of what the cdc says you know that we need to do for events and and you know just servicing our residents to to begin with but then you've got to think about well, what's happening, you know, at that particular state or local level. And so I wanted to get his input um, from, from that standpoint and, and ask him a lot of the questions that I had about this. And then on the university side, we've got Dr. Jamie Penvin, who's the assistant VP of student success and retention at Radford University. And I was really interested in getting, you know, this on-campus approach because resident programming is, a is you know, it's everything for on-campus students. And there's a lot that goes into, you know, into, into planning that. And those folks have been just kind of turned upside down on what they're going to be able to do and what they can't do. Uh, and so I wanted to get his perspective on it as well. Also, Jamie was was part of the staff at Virginia Tech when they had the the mass shooting that happened there, and so he has dealt with crisis before and and how to help students through you know some of these crazy times 
from both a, a mental health standpoint as well as a public health standpoint. So wanted to uh, wanted to bring him on and, and talk a little bit about that and kind of what you know his experience from um, what happened in, in at Virginia Tech and how that may be helping him now. And last but certainly not least, I've got a regional leasing specialist from Varsity Campus Housing, Sheree Bathia, who had really been tasked to to think about a lot of these things as it came to resident programming with their with their national portfolio. So, so I think we've got just a, a really stellar lineup with with these three folks, and can't wait for you to to listen to it. You will see at the end, or you'll hear at the end, because this is a podcast. You will hear at the end, there's a point where I drift away from the conversation uh, just because we had an issue with with Zoom. And so you'll probably pick that up as you uh, as you listen towards the end of it. But take a listen. Uh, Let me know what you get, what you get from it. And please, please, please share this with other colleagues in the space, because we're all dealing with this. We all want to figure out the best way to make our residents feel at home this year. And and it's going to be tough. We know it's going to be tough with with everything that we're dealing with. So so please make sure that you that you share this episode, because I think everybody will get a lot of value out of it. All right, let's hit play. Well, guys, we're moving on to creating community and experience, which the panelists that I've got today have have a lot of experience with that, both on campus and off campus. And this year, it's going to be a little bit different, as we can all imagine with the pandemic causing a lot of obstacles in, in order for us to be able to create and develop the experiences that we want our residents and students to have. So I wanted to uh, to talk with some folks that I feel like have really got their hands around the issue and, and have been thinking about it, you know, for weeks on end as they as they're thinking about welcoming the students back to not only their home away from home, but you know, someplace that will always be in the back of their mind. I, I can't think any of us uh, that have been to that have had the the college experience, you know, that we don't always even multiple college experiences uh, <laughs> that don't hold uh, those experiences and and that community that was created that we don't hold those in a in a special place uh, within our minds. So let me introduce the folks that we have today. We've got Adam Yarber, director of resident experience at Campus Advantage, and then we have Dr. Jamie Piven who is the Assistant VP of Student Success and Retention at Radford University. And then Shri Bethia um, with Varsity, who is a Regional Leasing Specialist. And Shri, I understand you're actually in Charlotte? Yes, so I work out in Charlotte. About 50 to 60% of the time, though, I'm traveling back and forth to our different properties. Hey, we got to get coffee at some point. Sounds good. I saw you're in Fort Mill, correct? I am. I am. We're not not far from each other at all. Well, guys, let's uh, let, let's jump into this. You know, creating community is a, is a huge thing when it comes to not just everybody having a good time, but also and and being in that situation where they they feel good about the decisions that they've made, but also about continuing those decisions as far as staying at a specific school or staying at a specific community. 
Jamie, I want to start with you. As you're working with Radford's administration and specifically student services to develop protocols for physical distancing and other public health measures related to COVID-19, what seems to be the biggest obstacle that will impact Res Life programming as well as the many other events that the university is planning on doing or was planning to do? How are those changes impacting? Sure. Well, um, Wes, thanks for um, letting me join in the conversation today. You know, something in your question that you, I want to point out that you said um, that I that I love is using physical distancing versus social distancing because um, we think so much of what a student's experience at the university is, and it's it, social is a big part of that. Students learn socially as in and out of the classroom, and so I think shifting some of that language to physical distancing, um, I can't claim ownership. That actually, out of a senior leader at uh, Miami University. Uh, talked about their intentional use of that phrase. Um, yeah, so important. Yeah, so, you know, at Radford, you know, we're operating within our state guidelines. We're going to be opening early, like uh, we discussed earlier, number schools are. And at that stage, I think we're looking at tops of 50 in a gathering at one time. You know, if you think about move-in itself is a social experience, lots of people around welcome events, so that, that welcome week of those programming activities, um, convocation. Um, we do a large event where we fill up a quad, uh, um, residence quad, that is called, it's club fair, and it's all the student organizations and way for you to connect. We are actively having conversations about how do we modify these large-scale events to, to make them smaller. And so, you know, in trying to think about as far as whether you're physical distancing, as far as you're still having the larger event, but you're spreading it out, is, you know, for me, one thing that we've got to be thinking about is how do we go smaller and build community? Not to get too academic, um, but Peter Block um, wrote a book called um, Community, the Structure of Belonging. Um, and he says that the small group is the unit of transformation. And so if we think about maybe, so in residence halls or residential properties, if you are trying to connect people in smaller groups in meaningful ways, that actually, you know, you, that sort of becomes their nexus. Um, and then you still have the opportunity for some of these larger events that are still safe in light of COVID, but you haven't compromised a student's sense of belonging. And so I, you know, I would be encouraging folks to be thinking about how do you go smaller with more consistency on that. Um, and so certainly at Radford, I mean, we're looking at how do we do things on a smaller scale as far as meaningful interaction. And then um, the fact is, we're not gonna be able to do what we did in the past. Um, we're gonna have to change those large type of activities. You know, so our move-in is gonna be over, I think it's a um, 10 day process. I mean, students will go into the, the occupancy management system sign up for a date, um, but it's going to be spread out over multiple days. It's not going to be that big fanfare. Um, so we've got to think about how do we still make those moments special for students? Because you only get, you know, if you think about a new student, you only get to move into your campus for the first time once. Um, and so how do you still do that um, for students? Or if I think about, you know, my, my daughter just graduated and she is, a, her last year we let her move off campus um, into an off-campus property. Um, uh, I also wasn't serving as director of housing and residential life any longer at the university. But I mean, that was, a, that was a really meaningful experience. It was an exciting time for her to be moving into her apartment. And so thinking about um, how do you make those special for folks, even in light of the challenges that we've got on our plate. Yeah. So 
Adam, you know, you're, you're trying to do this across the country at multiple sites and, you know, each location may have you know, a little bit different guidelines as far as public health is concerned, which, you know, can, can change things. As you're looking at that and advising your GMs, you know, or, and I'm sorry, I don't, I'm not sure if you call them GMs or property managers or community managers, but when you're looking at that and thinking about that, are you just, are you kind of just looking at, you know, maybe the strictest case, um, you know, maybe something in California or New York and saying, okay, we're just going to go by this across the entire portfolio, or are you given a little bit more flexibility? Yeah, we're, we give a little bit more flexibility based on the type of property it is really, um, you know, with some of our garden style properties, it's a little bit easier than it would be with a, a mid or high rise because of the enclosed spaces. A lot of our amenities are still unopened in terms of gatherings for right now. Uh, we just recently opened up our gyms and then our pool areas opened up, I believe this week. So right now what we are doing is focusing on the digital piece, which is something that we, um, have not really done a lot of focus on in the past. Obviously we live in a very digital world. And so our marketing has been very digital, but the community piece has been less digital. And so as we are preparing for the fall, as Jamie said, it, it's not going to be the way it was. Um, and, and things are going to be very different. And so we are relying on our teams to connect with their residents in a different way. And I think, you know, one of the things that we are pushing now more than ever is continuing to, be a piece of information uh, that echoes the the message of the university in which they serve um, and what's going on on campus, um, because that's so important and critical to be a part of that. Uh, one of the things that we do take, uh, take from the on-campus world, because uh, I think everyone in my position at Campus Advantage started on campus. And so we have all come up through that vein of, uh, of you know, residence halls and working on campus in, in that world is breaking up our staff, our community assistants, our live-on staff, which are the equivalent to resident assistants on campus, into specific zones that are responsible for certain parts of the community, just like a, an RA would be for their floor. Um, and their job is to build community with those folks. And so we have small-scale experiences that are geared towards that group of individuals. So that community assistant will plan those events. They'll reach out to their residents. Uh, and do that. And then there are large scale experiences that encompasses the rest of the community um, in that way. So we are, you know, focusing again on the more digital aspect. Obviously, Zoom is, is huge now. Kahoot is something that we've seen a lot of success with of playing games on Kahoot and having folks join. I actually joined a webinar yesterday from the on-campus world on building community with students digitally in uh, Jackbox. I'm not sure if anyone's familiar with that, but the, the games, you can play them and share them on a Zoom call and up to, I think, 2,000 folks can join. And I know none of us are having 2,000 individuals join our <laughs> events. Um, but, you know, there's, there's so many things. I mean, we one of the things we did as soon as COVID hit was pulled together some of our team and put together a massive resource page internally for digital events. So how do you take your grocery bingo digital? How do you, you know, still have, you know, academic related uh, events digitally? You know, there's, there are concerts that were digital. There are, there's ways to watch Netflix with your friends digitally and things like that. So that's a big piece that we're really focusing on, but 
again, our, you know, the main goal with our teams is continuing to focus and spread the message of what's going on on campus um, and getting that out there and pointing and those resources back for our students um, as much as possible and then continue to build that smaller community instead of having 900 folks, you know, our, our staff are able to focus on about 100, you know, or, or something smaller like that to, to intermingle with. The thing that you, you bring up there that I, I'm glad you did, because I, I think we've all tried it at, at some point, and, and a lot of companies say that they do it, but they're not doing it. Um, when it, when it comes to, you know, assigning a zone to, to a community assistant and, you know, a lot of times that happens in order to check a box and, you know, maybe they're doing night checks at the lights and, and that kind of thing. But and a lot of times they're, uh, I've just seen it where, you know, they don't know their resident names. They don't know their hometowns. And that uh, that's a good point. I think that's something that is going to be vitally important this year in, in order to to not just be successful in creating community, but honestly, to be able to not just get the resources to, to those uh, students that, that may need it as far as mental health and, and those type of things. But uh, that, yeah, I mean, that's just, I'm so glad you brought that up because that's such of a, a huge yeah. point for this year. Well, the, so, the resources piece yeah. is, is so critical right now. You know, with students not being on campus a lot of for summer classes, the only interaction they're going to have with someone who can be a resource to them might often be that front desk worker or their property manager. And for our staff to know our residents and to be able to say, Oh, Wes was acting weird today, you know, and reach out and have that conversation with them and be able to connect them with you. Cause one of the things that we say, you know, our team are not experts in counseling and giving advice and things like that. We train our staff thoroughly on, how to refer folks and knowing the resources that are available. Cause at the end of the day, campus advantage and our communities exist to serve the students of the universities and the communities that we're in. Now, obviously being student housing, not all of our residents are students, but a majority of them are. And so our teams knowing the, the resources of the campus that they're involved with is extremely important to the point where we're, I would, I don't want to say old school, but we're kind of traditional in the way that, our community assistants have to work, um, have to live on site, and they are required to be a full-time student at the university because that connection is so important. I remember taking over a property a couple of years ago, and the the people who were working there, I asked them about the bus route, and I said, how long does it take to get to campus? They're like, I don't know. I've never used it before. I was like, how do you get to campus? They're like, well, I don't live here. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's a, you know, that's a big problem because how can you sell, how, number one, how can you sell that, right? Because we have to have heads on beds. Uh, so we got money in the bank and we have jobs. But number two, how can you serve as a resource to your residents and, and, you know, complete the other side of the mission of what we do of serving our residents? So the resources piece is, is critical now more than ever with mental health being the forefront of that, you know, including diversity and inclusion. And um, we're continuing to push some of those things. I know that's kind of not the the trail we're going on, but that's a piece that we're really pushing now and working with our site teams to understand that and to share resources with our residents. Uh, We're lucky to have our VP of human resources who is extremely passionate and well-versed in that. And she is often a, a keynote speaker on diversity and inclusion and, 
continue to train our teams to push that out there across the board so that our residents feel like they belong as, as part of that community and in turn part of the community of their university. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I think, I think that is important that, you know, we, we discuss that, you know, within this, that's probably going to be, you know, another, another session, another podcast as well, because thankfully, uh, I really feel like people are paying attention this time and it's going to be something that we're going to be continuing to talk about as we go into, as we go into the fall. Yeah. I would love to, you know, feel free for any of the panelists to speak to that part as well. Um, but to move over to uh, Sheree, Sheree, you're still in that position where you're doing a lot of traveling to the sites. You know, I, I know the folks at, at Varsity and the, and the culture that, that you guys are putting in place there. And when I think about at, at all of the properties within the student housing industry and the, and the site staff, you know, what are, what are they saying? Because, you know, the site staff loves being able to, to create this community and <clears throat> because every year it's always a little bit different. Right. And, and that's, um, I think the site staff takes probably more pride in that than, than a lot of things, uh, over a lot of things that they have to they have to do on a on a weekly basis. So I'm just kind of wondering what you're hearing from site staff when it comes to you know how are they going to be successful at doing that this year? Yeah, um, over the last few months, of course, when this started, of course, the site staff was really really um, disappointed that we did have to go ahead and cancel a lot of the events because. Of course, a lot of those events are your traditional events, whether it is the big parties that you're having, pizza parties uh, where you're having wings, there's no social distancing. Matter of fact, we're encouraging you to be closer together because we're also trying to push those renewals. Um, so it really was, a, I would say, a hit um, to us. But I, And they still have some opportunities. But um, at Varsity Campus, we really have been reaching out to our site teams and in these last few months, really trying to come up with very innovative ways. This has been a great opportunity opportunity for us to figure out different ways that we can really interact with the residents, the current residents that we have, as well as figure out ways that we're gonna be interacting and building that community with our future residents. Um, something that James mentioned was having those very targeted um, events, smaller events, that really can interest, that may not interest everyone, but will interest a, a portion of our property. I think a lot of communities, not just ours, um, are just used to having those one size fit all type of events where every year we know we're having a Valentine's Day event, we know we're having a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl party, is saying, hey, this is the event that we're throwing. We now have the opportunity since we do want to physically distance ourselves to really have those targeted type of events that are going to fit different niches within our community. And it's also going to help them not only come together and interact with us, but bring them together with other residents that are kind of in the niches that they like that are similar to them. So I think that's one of the things that we're trying to push them really to be very innovative when thinking about interacting with them. Um, also, while we're doing some of these maybe larger events, what are some ways that we can change? They can still be similar, but change them up. Maybe it's not a pizza party. Maybe it is a day where we're just doing a breakfast on the go. And instead of running it for 
an hour. Maybe we're running it all morning where there's little bits where they can come and go as they please. I think in this social media age, we're finding that a lot of our residents are, are enjoying basically with social media, especially everything's at their fingertips. So we want to make sure that we are having that access with them when it comes to um, events where it's right there, where they can feel like they can join in that's convenient for them. Um, when it comes to building community, we want them to feel like it's their home. We want it to be very comfortable for them. And we're at home, you don't feel like you always have to do everything at the same time. You don't have to feel like you're on schedule. You're not in class right now. So we want to make sure that we're bringing events and we're bringing them together where they can do things on their pace. Maybe it's having um, a virtual workout session and you can join in when you like. You don't have to feel uncomfortable being there in front of everybody. It is on a Zoom. Or um, one of the things I want to do at one of the old companies that I worked for was having an um, event where we had artwork. And we held that artwork for a month. And you can come in as you please. And this artwork is from um, the different residents on site. So you're bringing each other. You're bringing yourselves together. They're coming together because they're seeing the different visions and kind of getting a sense of their everyone's personalities, but you don't have to be there together with everyone. So I think it's really about just thinking outside of the box and really making sure that we're on their level because we're dealing with residents that are between 18 and 23 most of the time and their, their attention spans are short as it is. Um, <laughs> so making sure that we're catching them and something that's really going to interest them, but also making them feel that they're also secure and safe, but that they don't feel unsafe because it's going to be a large crowd. And yeah. the same with our on-site team as well. They want to make sure that everyone that is on duty feels really safe. Yeah. So uh, let's continue talking about some of those, those alternatives. Well, there was a lot of good alternatives uh, that, that, you put there as well as as Adam, but I'm wondering if there if there are any. Uh, I mean, obviously, a lot of events are just going to look different because of social or physical distancing. So let's talk a little bit about the things that you know you you guys have decided as a company as a university that just have to be canceled. Jamie, what you know what what's been the discussion at, at Radford on things that are just you've got to cancel either because of state requirements or because you guys just don't feel like it's, it's going to be safe. Right. Well, you know, one of the, so, um, you know, it was only last week, I believe that we, um, you know, announced as far as our, our starting plan. Um, and, you know, so for instance, you know, we have a convocation. Um, we've done this outdoors there is some space on camp. There's not been a definitive answer as far as will we continue with convocation? We're going to cancel it. You know, it's the thing is we're working with living human beings um, who don't always do what they're asked to do. Um, and so even though we might have the space to accommodate convocation outside, are students going to maintain physical distance um, or are they, or is there because, you know, you have um, 15, you know, 15, 1700 students together for the first time, or they, can they control that? So, I mean, that's certainly an area that we've got to look at as far as convocation. But honestly, what we're trying to do is just modify a lot of those first, those welcome activities that we've done. And so it's, 
still anticipating doing certain events, but we're just going to have to change them. You know, we'll certainly take our nod from the NCAA on whether or not um, we have a basketball season um, and, and we're bringing folks um, together for sporting events. You know, I, I made some notes um, here and a lot of the things um, we're just looking at modifying or doing differently, spreading them out, you know, even academically. So we won't, unless a class has to be taught in person and it's 50 people or more, it's going online. Um, where classes that are 50 and under will still be taught um, in person. Um, and so we're still, we've not list, done a definitive set as far as this will not happen. But I think it comes from a place of, is there a way to make this happen? Versus just saying, nope, there's no way. There may be some events we just have to say no way to. But right now we're more in the, let's evaluate everything um, and see. Um, because up most, we want our students to be saved. We want them to be safe while they're there with us. I think that's the same for us as well. We're really trying to figure out how can we modify a lot of those events to fit this space that we're in currently. Of course, yes, a block party is going to be canceled right now. And maybe even that big pizza party, but maybe for Super Bowl, we can have that video going and you can be in the comfort of your room and watch that with us. Or instead of having those in-person fitness nights or game nights, we can do Hootsuite um, or we can do Twitch um, and having them play and watch each other together. Um, So it's really about modifying a lot of those. But again, you know, also figuring out what are everyone's niches. Yeah. and, And for us, it's, you know, we haven't definitively said we're going to cancel anything for the fall. Um, Currently we've canceled all in-person events for right now to continue to help do our part in, in physical distancing and, and um, just kind of keeping people apart physically. Um, so we, we've, like I said, we focus on the digital piece, but for the fall, we aren't limiting anything in terms of not saying we're not going to do it. Um, one of the things we are going to be requiring is that we are asking our residents to RSVP to our events. So with our resident portal, um, we use a couple of different methods. We are, um, you may be familiar with community awards through modern message. Um, that's one platform that we use that we're able to um, require some kind of RSVP. But we're also using active building, which is our resident portal to host those events as well. And so having a number of those events so that, you know, when we do have those, you know, large things, we know how many folks are coming. And for things like the pool party or things that might be larger, we are doing as most public spaces are doing and moving the furniture apart and making sure we're blocking off areas that um, doesn't allow you to maintain six feet of physical distance and things like that. So um, again, for us, the importance is, is going to be those personal relationships, knowing people, knowing our residents, um, continuing to echo what's going on on campus so that so that there's something to be involved in and that there's there's building that community. We want our residents to be connected with their community where they currently live, with their university and with the community as a whole at large in the city that they're in. Um, so yeah, we haven't definitively said, no, you cannot do this. One of the things that we're actually have just created a policy and considering and testing out are events that are alcohol related, um, such as, you know, a, a wine and paint night or a cheese tasting party or, you know, things like that, that are 21 and up. That's something we've never done before. Um, and so we are, you know, 
as we look into the future, even past you know this year and next year, as we t- continue to develop as a company, um, we have to acknowledge the fact that less and less Gen Zers are going to be going the traditional route of a four-year university. Uh, cover your ears, Jamie. We don't, <laughs> we don't want to roll with numbers to drop, but um, it's just it's a very real thing that, that we're seeing, and I think COVID is is not going to help that, especially. And I'm I, I'm not sure what your enrollment numbers look like for the fall, but um, we're, you know, following that trend and as I'm doing research on Gen Z, so, you know, making our offerings that are, are attractive to that group of folks who are, who may not be, you know, pursuing the traditional college route, um, but maybe in that area because maybe their friends are, because they found a job, you know, I'm looking at, you know, it, where I'm in Austin, you know, it's a large tech area. So a lot of folks move in for tech related jobs. Some of them self-taught or went to maybe a coding boot camp or something like that and we still want to you know attract those individuals as well so thinking outside of the box as it relates to the traditional events but also continue to have those so that what you mentioned there um kind of you know gives a natural segue into into what i wanted to talk about last which is kind of a long-term impact um because all of us are gonna you know um do everything that we can to to provide as close to a normal experience as as, as possible for our residents and students. But the fact remains, it's 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 going to be different. And certainly, with you know, when you start thinking about you know juniors and seniors, it, it's going to it's going to provide a lot of frustration <laughs> and. And I think, you know, when you when you start looking at kind of the, the long-term impact of that and, and what you kind of see, uh, and, and by long-term, I mean two to four years, how do you see this, uh, these changes impacting student retention and resident retention? Um, you know, coming from the university perspective, um, you know, we know um, that students, the reason they persist at the university or that they return, it's about the level they were connected socially or integrated socially and the, and the, um, the way in which they were academically engaged. And so it's those two things. Those are what make it successful. Um, and so clearly, when we think about our students who experienced this this year, both of those were compromised um, to some degree, meaning that their level of um, their their intellectual and their academic experience was different and their social experience was very different. Um, and so I, I do think that it's gonna have um, impact across the country. You know, thankfully um, our, we're actually trending, our re-enrollment numbers are either at or equal to previous years within the last couple of years. So that's been encouraging for us. But if anything, you know, I was always hearing this narrative of, oh, well, brick and mortar, are short-lived um, and it's all going to be online um, and that's where students are going to want to go. I have two college-age students, um, my own, my kids, um, they hated it. They hated the online experience, which is encouraging for those of us that work with students in a physical realm as far as them, whether they're living in an apartment property um, or they're living on campus. But I do think for the next couple of years that we're going to see that we're having to engage them differently socially. Um, so even though we're, most of universities will be in person, it is going to be a different social experience and it's going to still be a different academic experience. Um, and so I think we've got to think about that and how do we make the most of that. Um, I've been recommending to folks 
that they should have an online component, even if it's an in-person class or um, it's a residence hall experience or a student org experience, because mo like we're seeing most universities after Thanksgiving break, they're telling folks just stay where you are, don't come back to the university. Well, then that transition feels a little normal if you've already had a little bit of an online component. Um, and so I definitely think that um, folks are going to be thinking about how do they, even we, even though we are um, in physical presence, how do you keep a virtual aspect to that? Yeah. 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 I would say for, you know, I mean, to your point, Jamie, those two things are about the experience and that's something I'm very passionate about. And, you know, even as our our offices went to no contact, closed offices, our staff are still coming in. You know, we were preaching to them that the way you interact with them on the phone and interact with them via email or FaceTime or Skype or any of those things is just as important as if they were standing in front of you. Um, and it, that's why folks return is because of that experience. And I always tell folks they don't, they don't have to see uh, or be physically in your presence for you to create experience for them. And so that's what we, that's what we train our staff on is that you are not selling apartments. You're not leasing bed spaces. You're not in the real estate industry. You're not in the housing industry. We create experiences. And every time our staff can in contact with someone, it, it builds on that experience and it can be either negative or positive. And we want as many positive deposits as we can because we, tend to think of customer service as a bank account. Uh, this came from relationship advice from years and years ago of looking at a relationship as a bank account. And there are deposits, there are positive things and there are withdrawals, there are negative things. And, you know, there are some negative things that are out of our control. No one, no one likes to pay rent. <laughs> like, let's be honest. No one wants to pay rent. No one wants to have their washing machine break or no one wants COVID-19 to happen and their classes be canceled and, you know, that those kind of things are uncertain. And so it's up to us to automatically be putting those deposit deposits in for those things. So the experience for us is yes, there are the events that we have, but just general interactions with our team. And one of the metrics that we track through our J Turner platform, our, our, our research platform is does a, a member of our management team know who I am? And that's an extremely important metric for us because that tells us that our staff are interacting with the staff um, in, in, a, in a positive way in, in, as much as possible to the point of, you know, even training on how do we, I mean, there are inevitable infractions of the rules, whether it be a lease violation or, you know, there's a, a, an authorized pet or a noise violation or they have a party or something like that. But even training our staff how to turn those things positive and make those deposits instead of being negative. So it all is going to relate to the experience that we, we preach to our teams. And that's not going to go away. Um, I think as, as Jamie said, you know, online is, 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 is a component. Uh, and I think that's one thing to note with Gen Z is that they're digital natives in the phone is an extension of them, right? It doesn't consume their whole being, but it's part of who they are. It's a massive part of their life. And so having things like leasing online, having things like being able to join events online or, information accessible at their fingertips is extremely important, but just as important is that, is that in-person aspect and that relational aspect of knowing individuals and being in and, and knowing their general manager or their leasing manager or their resident director or, you know, things like that. And having that connection with those individuals 
it's so important. Um, and that goes regardless of whether they are in, a, in, in the, you know, educational route and going to university or a trade school or they're working, those all things that are part of Gen Z. So, and then lastly, just looking around and helping our teams understand their role in social justice and social things that are going on, whether it's in activism in their community or on campus or what are they about? What are they participating in? Obviously it's, um, it is more heightened than ever right now, but you know, having communities who are inclusive to, to everyone, regardless of, 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 you know, obviously the fair housing standards, but you know, our policy is we don't discriminate against anyone based on anything that everyone gets the same treatment and everyone gets that experience. Everyone, you know, our second E I, I mentioned in our first part of our E3 experience, the second E is, um, sorry, the first E is everyone is important. And so we drive that home to our teams that we can deliver that experience to everyone and we should be. So, sorry, I can get going preaching on those things. They're so important. <laughs> uh, absolutely. They are. And, and I do think we need to have, um, you know, another, another topic, um, on, on inclusion and diversity and what that's going to look like this fall. And um, I think that's going to be huge. Um, Sheree, on, on that last question, any other, any other thoughts? I think these gentlemen really um, hit it on the, um, the nail on the head. It's just about making sure that everybody, they still want a component of feeling or sensing that you are there, that you care. Um, and of course, we do have to have that online presence, that online component. And I think that was something that I feel like for a lot, for property management in general, that we were kind of lacking in as a whole. Um, and it really made us step up our game and really understand what we need to do online to really up our online presence, to make sure that we are being competitive, not just within ourselves, but to every other type of company that's out there. Um, so. We still have to have that online component, but we also still are going to have to figure out ways to make sure that we're coming together. And I like the idea of the small groups and having different things. Like I think Adam, Adam said something that I thought was key that I was like, I'm going to take back um, about having different events, but maybe putting it out there. It's like, okay, only 30 people can sign up for this event this particular time. If it goes over well, we're going to do it again or have that same event, but having them at different times throughout that week so that you can minimize the amount of people that are in those events, but still being able to cater to their needs because everyone, we're humans and we want to be around each other. I don't know about you guys, but currently we're, me and my husband are building our dream home, but we're in a two bedroom, pretty small two bedroom apartment. And we feel like we're going stir crazy just being us here. Um, and I can just imagine the residents and how they're feeling right now being stuck if it's at home with just their parents or if they're still on property with us and not getting that interaction. So we want to make sure that we're still giving them those outlets to interact, but still thinking about their, their you know, their, in essence, their safety. And of course, if they're in, in property management, we can't guarantee safety, of course. Um, but thinking about um, how we're going to social distance and still bring them together. So I guess my thing is just having a combination of both is really going to be a challenge, but it's going to be a great opportunity for all of our properties. Yeah, one thing that that sparked is just 
you know, I just thinking about is the importance of the perceptive value in which we're providing. Um, I, I think we all, in light of COVID-19, have seen the news headlines. We've seen folks who are boycotting rent. And I, I know I filled in my fair share of calls, of customer service calls, of folks who are upset because they're paying for the amenities and their clothes or they're paying for the events. And so just continue to go above and beyond and educating our residents on the value of the team members that are there and our teams delivering that experience is so, it's so critical right now because I mean, obviously the, the amenities are uh, that just that they're an amenity. They're an added feature to, to what they're paying for in, in their lease contract. But a lot of people don't see it that way. And so that's one of the things that we communicate is that those events, that experience is a value add. It doesn't cost us a lot of money um, or anything really to be nice, to be kind to people, uh, to ask them how their day is going, to, you know, to take that package to their doorstep if it's heavy or help carrying it or, you know, getting to know someone's name. Those are all things that add massive value that cost us absolutely zero dollars. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's all about having that conversation with our teams and, and finding the right people who are passionate about what you're doing and view their job as more than just, you know, as a CA, more than just somebody there to collect a paycheck or to give tours, but as a, a mass, a, as an important member of that community. And we, we train all our CAs that you are part of the management team at your community. You're not just a front desk worker. You're not just a, you know, a grunt worker. You are the most important person um, you know, that role is the most important role at our company because you are the front line. You are the face of campus advantage. You're the face of your community and delivering that experience starts with you. So sorry, again, another soapbox. <laughs> you're fine. I think that is, is what you're saying is so key. And, you know, we focus in on our residents, but I think it's great to, we also have an opportunity to bring in those residents and see really what we do on the back end and really see how we're dealing with this as well. Like, I, I mean, the fact that we're on here on a podcast, I think that's a great idea that a lot of communities should start doing. Or, or even like, uh, I don't know if you guys remember back in the day, the real world, and really being able to bring in those people. Um, oh, I think, I don't know. If, um, I think Wes's battery may have died too. <laughs> But just bring it in and, and letting them really see behind the scenes what we're dealing with. It really brings that human factor with not really having to have that to really be physically there where they yeah. can sit back and watch us. Um, one of the things we talked about was having like funny, weird videos to post mm -hmm. on social media and really utilizing TikTok right yeah. now. And that really gives them a sense of who we are. And it really brings them like, oh, this is a we're building the community. This is a fun community because we're a part of it. But, <laughs> but I, I think those are all key pieces. I think one of the things too, and, and I'm trying to think from the perspective of an operator who's on this call, I, I would say a lot of folks and it, pop, pop in the chat, let us know, are you a general manager? Are you a leasing manager? What is, what is your role at your community? But one of the things too, to keep in mind is our staffing for the fall and looking for those folks. I know that a lot of us went on hiring freezes um, during COVID-19 to reduce the contact. And um, so now it's time to ramp back up. And, you know, that's a perfect time to really engage with those prospects of who might be coming to work in your community and, and see, are they the right fit? You know, Gary Vaynerchuk 
in his book, um, talks, no, sorry, it wasn't Gary Vaynerchuk. It, um, it was good to great by Jim Collins and talks about having the right people on the bus. Um, and what is your bus, where's your bus going? You know, and I think that goes across the board, whether you're on campus or as an off campus operator doing those things. So yeah. So, so sorry about that. I'm not <laughs> sure what happened. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Anyway, um, uh, I'm back now. Guys, I, I appreciate it so much. Um, one thing I did want to mention to everybody, you know, obviously researching so many things uh, and preparing for, uh, for presenting this, this webinar series, I've looked at a lot of different options out there. And one of them that I came across, and I, actually I think it was the guys at Least Magnets that, that even referenced it, is um, a video conferencing software that's a little bit more built on you know, and I think kind of their claim to fame is, you know, doing happy hour type of type of events. Uh, but it's called Run the World, runtheworld.com or runtheworld.today, I think is the name of it. So I could I could definitely see CAs and, and managers using that in a, in a time when can't bring every everybody together. So so do uh, do take a look at that. Guys, thanks so much. And I will talk to you soon. Thanks, Thank everybody. All right, guys, there you have it. If you listened all the way to the end, thanks so much for that. And look forward to you know hearing what kind of response you guys have from from listening to this so again make sure that make sure that you share this make sure that you also go on to the student housing insight community and and share your thoughts there as well there will be a post announcing this podcast so would love to to have you guys join in and make comments on that post guys thanks so much and we'll talk soon